Hi, good morning everyone. This is Gerald here. Um, today is a very special day. It's a special Sunday because we are coming together to celebrate uh, IGC Youth. Um, as you have seen, the whole entire online service uh, is put together by the youth ministry. Um, the youth leaders and the youths, they have made a lot of effort to uh, do the recording and to put it all together. I think we can safely touch our hearts and really say that we appreciate what they have done. Now, July is a very special month. Uh, it is not just a month whereby we celebrate young people's lives. It is also a month where uh, our church, Amokyo Methodist Church, uh, celebrate family life. So this whole entire month, we come together as one heart to celebrate family. So it's really an honor to be able to share today's sermon with all of you on this special Sunday. Uh, without much further ado, I will go straight into the sermon proper. Uh, before we do that, please allow me to do so. Uh, please, please allow me to pray. Father, I would like to come before you to pray and uh, commit this time to your hands. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, I pray that you will speak to all our hearts because without you speaking, uh, my sharing, my preaching, Lord Father, is of no effect, Lord. Father, I just want to glorify uh, Jesus' name. I just want to glorify your name. And uh, Lord, I just want to pray, Father, that you take over. We pray all this right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was uh, preparing for today's sermon, um, I asked God, what does he want to share? What does he, what does he want me to talk about? And I think the first thing that actually come and came into my mind was that um, I should approach the sermon sharing uh, with the heart of a father and a fellow parent first, not as a PTMer uh, or, or as a staff in the church, but first of all, as a fellow parent, as a fellow uh, father. So this is the approach that I'm taking because what I'm going to share later will be the very same things that I will tell my children uh, in terms uh, and, and to contribute to their growth, um, especially in their spiritual growth. Well, today the sermon um, title, I have uh, uh, titled it to be called The Days of Noah. And this uh, particular sermon today, this sermon uh, uh, is uh, taking reference from uh, this uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 to 44, and Genesis chapter 6 to uh, Genesis chapter 7. But because of time limitation, I'm not going to read the whole entire scripture. Uh, I will want to trust you and encourage you to do your own uh, um, study based on this scripture that I mentioned. Uh, but as you follow through, follow along, uh, we will reference uh, this few uh, scripture that I've just mentioned. Okay, so the days of Noah is, uh, is something which is very interesting because um, Matthew 24 is a very important chapter in the Bible uh, in the area of uh, uh, eschatological studies, uh, studies of the uh, end times, study of the last days. Um, you know, Matthew 24 is uh, basically the uh, words of Jesus to his disciples talking about uh, what the end times will be like, um, the days leading to his coming, the second coming. And um, it's very interesting as we read it and as we study it um, and as we observe how the world is unfolding. 
And uh, there is this particular part in Matthew 24, and uh, it is from uh, verse 36 to 44, or rather, sorry, verse 38 to 39, and it goes like this. Okay, uh, uh, let me read to you. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, this is what Jesus is saying, describing um, the days that lead up to his second coming. Um, he's saying that people will be uh, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. And he actually referenced it to be like the days of Noah. You know, it would be very interesting to actually go all the way to Genesis chapter 6 and 7 to kind of like understand what Noah's days, Noah's days is like. Okay, the days of the great flood. Um, the first point I want to share today is this, that in the days of uh, leading to Christ's second coming, most people will um, seem to think that life is as per normal. Not many will think about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this is rightly so, in a sense, um, Jesus mentioned it. It reminds me of this uh, story of uh, the grasshopper and the ants. And we all know this classic story whereby um, the ants were, you know, gathering food in summer and they were gathering food, very hardworking and gathering food for winter. And a grasshopper saw them being very hardworking, but the grasshopper didn't do anything for his own life or gather any food for himself for, to prepare for winter. Instead, he sing, dance, uh, you know, hop along. I believe he also laughed at the ants. But the ants didn't uh, worry about him. They continued to do what they needed to do. And uh, sure enough, uh, winter came. The ants all gathered into their nest and shut their nest. And they have enough food to last for the winter. However, when the winter was over, uh, when they opened their doors and come outside again, they saw the frozen and dead body of the grasshopper. So Jesus was basically talking and referring to something like that, that in the last days leading to his second coming, there will be many people who will be eating and drinking, uh, marrying and giving to marriage, just like the days of Noah. They don't really think about the second coming. They don't really care about what is happening. And it, this talks about a celebrative mode, a kind of a moment where every one of us, each one of us really love. You know, when we come together to celebrate, it's a wonderful time, just like a wedding dinner when we are invited to a wonderful uh, wedding dinner and we come together to celebrate the couple's holy matrimony. And, uh, you know, it is a wonderful time and we all eat and we drink. We have a good chat and conversation. No, nobody is worrying about about anything and it's really a good feeling uh, but the issue here is this during moments like this um, we will not be able or rather we will not be comfortable to hear and listen to warnings or bad news or any news that will, uh, will raise the red flags in our hearts right because it is uncomfortable and it goes against the flow uh, of the norm uh, of that moment Okay, and this is exactly what Jesus meant. You know, that's why in the point number one, I say again, in the days leading to Christ's second coming, most people will seem to think that life is as per normal. Not many will think about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, this leads to the second point I want to raise. Uh, 
The second point I want to raise is this. In the days leading to Christ's second coming, uh, God's prophetic warnings, reminders, and encouragements to us uh, takes the pattern of going against the normal mindsets of people or normal way of life. You know, uh, we read the Bible and we all through Bible from Genesis to Revelation, again and again, we see God sending people, prophets, uh, even raising up situations to warn the Israelites of their idolatry, their sinful ways, just to make, just to remind them, just to tell them, warn them. If they continue in their lifestyle as such, they will head for judgment, they will head for doom. But we know that again and again, the Israelites did not heed these warnings. Because it, it goes against their normal mindset, normal flow of life at that point of time. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, remember Moses? God raised Moses up to go straight into the Egyptians uh, uh, and, 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 and brought the Israelites out of slavery. Uh, God raised Elijah, you know, to counter the prophets of Baal, uh, to show the power of God to the Israelites. You know, God also sent Daniel to the midst of the Babylonians. Uh, and in one account, uh, we, we have read it before, Daniel uh, was sent to the lion's den. But however, he came out of it unscathed. And that caught the attention of King Darius to know the power and might of the Almighty God. You know, we also know uh, about Saul, um, where God transformed Saul to become Apostle Paul. And, and we know that when we read uh, the New Testament, uh, there are so many epistles written by the Apostle Paul because he travels around preaching the gospel, planting churches. And one of the most important or one of the most one or one of the ones uh, character that I really love most is John the Baptist. And uh, John the Baptist was raised up by God to pave the way for Jesus' first coming. And he preached uh, the uh, message of, you know, uh, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And uh, he wear, he wore camel's hair, he ate locusts, he ate honey. And that is against the norm of that day. And however, it caught the attention of the Jews. And, and he was able to pave the way. And when Jesus came, he said, uh, he must increase. Jesus must increase. I must decrease. That's so powerful and that's wonderful. And, and we, as from all these examples, we can see God, you know, always, always sends prophetic warnings, people, prophets, reminders and encouragements, you know, that, that goes against the pattern of uh, normal mindsets of people or even the normal way of life. So it is important for us to be aware, to be aware of this. You know, as I read um, Genesis chapter 6 and 7 on Noah's account, um, I also have a question and ask myself, you know, does, do the people actually living in Noah's time know about the flood? You know, they, they would know about the flood, right? But however, we know from the scripture that they didn't survive. Every flesh, uh, uh, you know, the whole entire earth was covered by the waters, the flood, and no one survived. Only those who went into the ark. So my question to myself, and I also want to pose this question to all of you here, is this, do you think that the people living in Noah's time know about the, uh, the, the flood? I would say yes, because you think about it. The ark is such a big structure and, and God instructed Noah to build it. 
And as Noah built that ark, I'm very sure people walk past, they will ask, what is Noah doing? And it is great time and opportunity for Noah to actually tell them about the judgment that is coming from God, the flood that is coming. I'm very sure that every single one person who passed by would have asked him the question. And I also found a very interesting uh, 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 information. uh, And this is from uh, Genesis chapter 5, verse 32. And Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, uh, it goes, it says that, you know, when the three sons, uh, Ham, Shem, Ham, and Japheth was born into Noah's family, Noah was 500 years old. And when God instructed Noah to take his whole entire family and the animals to go inside the ark and he would shut it tight, he was 600 years old. It's a good 100 years. So can you imagine 100 years of building this ark? Because it was mentioned that when he went in, he brought his family. And his family will consist of his wife, his three sons, and the three sons' wives. So, so it's a lot of years, many years that went by as the ark was being built. People would know. But however, scripture has recorded that no flesh survived. You know, the Bible, um, especially in the New Testament, uh, records Jesus um, saying this particular statement uh, again and again. He always said, he who has an ear, let him hear. I did a little bit of a research, a little bit of a Googling from Bible Gateway. He mentioned at least nine times in the New Testament. And of these nine times, seven times were in Revelation, where he issued a warning, a letters to the seven churches of, of Asia. And each one of it, he ends by saying, he who has an ear, let him hear. Basically, God is saying this, and Jesus is saying this. I'm going to tell you and warn you and remind you and encourage you, and especially things and issues pertaining of your lives that is very important. Lives, lifestyle that goes against what God teaches. Lives that is um, not in line with what God has designed us to be. And, and he will tell us all this through prophetic warnings. And the Bible, the whole entire Bible itself is a whole entire prophetic message from God. And even as we look at the, the world that is unfolding, there are many, many revelations that the Holy Spirit will impress upon our hearts. And God is saying this, he who has an ear, let him hear. And he's saying, what he means is that if you can hear what he's saying, Listen to him. So I think it's important for us to take note of this very important point. Um, okay. Uh, um, this leads to my uh, third point. And my third point is, in the days leading to Christ's second coming, we can only be saved by finding grace in the eyes of God, by walking with him. Okay. And I want to add in something, you know, in bracket. It is an easier way to say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Follow him only. And I say this without any apology. And I say this to everyone who is listening, especially to uh, our dear family in Amokia Methodist Church. If we call ourselves Christians, we must know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is only through Jesus that we obtain salvation.
Genesis chapter 6 verse 7 to 9 says this, So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Wow, that is a stark reminder to all of us that Noah walked with God. And because he walked with God, he found grace in the eyes of God. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord that he, God, built a covenant with him. And not just a covenant with him, his whole entire family was saved. You know, I see this uh, point three um, that did from an angle whereby it is applicable for both believers and non-believers. Because, you know, as believers, right, as, as Christians ourselves, um, if we search our heart and in today's lifestyle, in our today's uh, Christian walk uh, with God, I mean, our, our walk with God, we realize that uh, we delay getting our lives in order with Christ very often. We always start off with our thoughts saying that, you know, Jesus, I'll get my life in order. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, you know, I've not done this. I've not done that. Jesus, I've not read my Bible. I've not prayed. You know, I will do this. I'll get down to do this, you know. We always delay, but we never get down to it. We always delay getting our lives in order. Whether it's because of busyness, distractions, or maybe subconsciously some form of jadedness. Because our maybe our prayers have never very seldom answered according to what we want, you know. You know, subconsciously maybe some of us don't even believe in Jesus, even though we call ourselves Christians. Some these are some of the reasons that that delays us from getting our lives in order. Another angle to see is that as believers, we also delay our sharing of the gospel with those who do not know Christ. Those people that is in our sphere of influence, our loved ones, our friends, our family who do not know Jesus Christ, but we delay in sharing the gospel with them. You know, we know that we need to share Christ with them, but somehow we just don't get down to do it. Some of the reasons can be also like busyness, maybe fear. We, we, we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid that what if this loved one or this friend will say no? We also, you know, sometimes we may not know how to do it, you know. So there are many reasons that, that, that constitute to this delay of sharing of the gospel. And I believe that these two areas, these two areas uh, is where we now stand at. We delay getting our lives in order. We delay sharing the gospel with others. There are people out there who do not know Jesus and they need to hear the good news, right? I just want to say this, you know, as parents, as um, I'm, I'm a father, of course, and most of you would know, I have two uh, wonderful children, uh, Asher, Vanessa, and uh, in my heart, I think the best gift uh, I thought about it is not just preparing them to be able to survive and to be successful, and to do well in this life. I think what is even more important is that I prepare them for eternity. Because one day I won't be around, right, parents? One day we will not be around. 
whether it's because of old age or any other reasons, when we are not around, we want to be assured that our, our children can take care of themselves. Our children can find their way. Our children know that at the end of the day, it is Jesus, the only one who can guide them, lead them, and bring them salvation. Right? There's a statement that I always uh, hold tight in my heart, and it guided me for the longest time. It is very important to teach our children to fish rather than to fish for them all the time. When they know how to fish, even when we are not around, they can fish for themselves and survive. This is, this is the heart cry of any parents. And uh, I think especially for this Singaporean culture that we live in, this Singaporean life that we live in, we are so hustle and bustle and we are so... Um, so driven to want our children to do well in school and we place all our energy and focus on that and that only. But we don't, we don't really spend time explaining to them the things of God, the things about the Bible and the things about Jesus Christ. You know, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15, um, it, it's a glimpse of judgment day. And, um, you know, you can go and read uh, yourself, Revelation, Revelations chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. But I want to highlight to you from 14 to 15. It says, it says like this, okay? Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, this is a very, very um, important warning to all of us. That there will be a day whereby we all stand before God to be judged. The book of life will be opened. And this book of life will be written all the names that will enter heaven. They will enter into eternity. And if our names are not found in this book, we will be thrown into this lake of fire. And this lake of fire is the second death. The first death is the physical death. The second death is being thrown into this lake of fire. And this is recorded in Revelations chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. So I just want to say this to everyone this morning, especially to young people. Your lifestyle, your thinking, your generation, what you're going through is so different from my time and even our, uh, our senior uh, uh, people around in our church, that you are so spoiled with options for life. But I want to say this to everyone, and it's a reminder, to, a gentle reminder to every single person, that being born into a Christian family does not signify a person is saved. I say this again, being born in a Christian family does not signify that a person is saved. So parents, we have children. Parents, you have children. And because you are Christian and your children are born into your family, that does not automatically make them safe. Okay, that does not make automatically make them saved. Each person is responsible for their own faith journey. We can't answer for each other on the day of judgment. We can't. Okay? So we need to ensure that our names and our loved ones' names, our friends' names are written on the book of life. 
you know in the in the in in the time of uh, of the gospels Matthew Mark Luke John God raised up John the Baptist to pave the way for Jesus first coming and I say this to every person who is reading who is listening to this I say God is raising up many John the Baptist to pave the way for Jesus second coming and you and me we are all John the Baptist. We are supposed to get out there and pave the way for Jesus' second coming. And it starts from our very own family. So in ending, I just want to share and say that, you know, just a recap of the three points. So in the days leading to Christ's second coming, most people will seem to think that life is as per normal. Not many will think about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Second point is this, God's prophetic warnings reminders and encouragements to us takes the pattern of going against the normal mindsets of people or normal way of life. Number three, understand that we can only be saved by finding grace in the eyes of God, by walking with Him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Follow Him only. Let us close in prayer. I want to pray that every person who is listening to this will seriously, sincerely think through about their own lives. And especially for us as parents, as fathers and mothers, think through about our family, um, spiritual uh, walk, our spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. Think through whether our children love Jesus or not? Do they know Jesus or not? Think through whether in our own lives do we actually embrace Jesus or we are just Sunday Christians because we truly, truly need Jesus in these days that leads to His second coming. Let us pray. Father, I would like to come before you to pray. I just want to pray for every person that is listening to this sermon. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness if I have represented you in any way that is not according to what you want. I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. But Lord, if I have mentioned and said those matters that, that is from your heart, I pray that your Holy Spirit will find his way into the hearts of all those who are listening. I pray for every single adult, every single children, every single child, every single youth, every single person who is from our church and all those who are not from our church who are listening in, Christians and non-Christians. I pray a prayer of blessings over all of us, Lord. I pray, Father, that you open up our hearts, Lord, to remind us, Lord, how important it is to walk with you, how important it is to know you, Lord. So I pray and I ask that God, that you will do a surgical work in all our lives. So that Lord, as we live in the days that leads to your second coming, Lord Jesus, we are prepared and we are ready. So I pray all this right now in Jesus' name. Amen.